Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Real Skiers with Jackson Hogan. Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to the comforting confines of Season 2 of This Is Your Host, Jackson Hogan, back to regale you with, well, everything there is to know about alpine skiing. In today's episode, I want to pontificate on the importance of understanding the brand behind whatever model that may catch your eye this season. To set the table, I've unearthed a revelation I wrote over five years ago called, appropriately enough, Understand the Brand. You'll find it in the realskiers.com revelation archive. As I stroll down this memory lane, I'll insert the occasional embellishment before sliding into an example of a realskiers.com brand profile from this season. Brand profiles on realskiers.com are a member benefit, so if you want to read more of them, you'll have to pony up a mere $24.95 or $19.95 a year for returning members. It is due to the munificence of our members that realskiers.com is able to bring you this episode of Jackson Illuminates Everything About Skiing, uncluttered by commercial appeals. And now, understand the brand, as posted on October 4th, 2016. When considering which ski is right for you, don't just compare thumbnail model descriptions, helpful though they may be. Don't put all your faith in numbers either, even though statistics exude the aroma of science. Take stock in the advice of family and friends if you must, but I wouldn't invest too heavily in the opinion of those whose experience has been largely limited to one ski. Before you take the final plunge, learn what you can about the brands behind the models that intrigue you. While in general it's true every major manufacturer attempts to cover all bases, how they do so is heavenly influenced by its global design philosophy and or the machinery to which it's married. Every brand that owns its own means of production lives in an inextricable relationship with its manufacturing machinery and methods. Its engineers aren't going to design something that they can't make or have no history of making well. Because design philosophy is linked to huge capital investments, Wholesale changes in how skis are made don't happen overnight. Even when brands have an opportunity to start with a clean slate, the tendency is to keep the product and messaging a constant. Consider the case of K2 when it moved ski production to China. K2 kept making skis the same way, only with better quality control. Moving production to another country didn't inspire K2 to target a new skier or create a new brand identity. Due to the explosive rise of garage brands, so named because of their humble origins, today there are dozens of small batch producers, often focused on a niche market like superwide models or pipe and park twin tips. With limited capital resources, their designs are decidedly constrained by whatever molding methods they adopt to make their dream skis. The most successful small batch producers arrive at a junction where they make their own molds but do all assembly and finishing at the large, well-equipped factories of one or more of the major manufacturers. Armada went this route when this athlete-driven brand blew up, moving its production to Atomic. Armada continues to build most of its models there, and has added Blizzard as a manufacturing partner, another shrewd commercial partnership, which I do believe, dear listeners, does not persist to this day. Remember, this piece was written in 2016, and now that Atomic is the sole owner of Armada, I doubt that they're sending any of their production off to Blizzard or anywhere else for that matter. But moving production to Atomic and Blizzard didn't affect Armada's brand identity or its tight connection with its consumer community. It just made better skis. The same holds true for another pair of founded-by-athletes brands, 
black crows from Chamonix and faction from Verbier. Both were born as rebellious responses to the status quo and have maintained their countercultural attitude even as they've grown large enough to move their production out of town and into the big leagues. Kessley provides a stellar example of the promise and perils of a successful small batch brand dependent on a major brand to make its skis. Kessley wisely chose Head to manufacture the core models in its line, thereby assuring a level of quality control that's very hard to maintain in small production runs. As a result, Kessley garnered a reputation for exceptional quality that in turn supported its above-market pricing. But because Kessley doesn't own the head factory, it can't just waltz in and tinker with prototype molds or interrupt a 2,000-pair production run in order to knock out 12 pairs of test skis. So this past winter, it started to make prototypes and small batches in the old Hohemans plant where the brand was born in 1924. My apologies to all the residents of Hohenems if I've massacred the name of your town. While the arc of this story suggests consistency to Kessley's identity over nearly a century, such is not the case, either for Kessley or any other brand with a long history. All brands evolve gradually over time, and sometimes more suddenly, usually due to a change in ownership. In the case of Kessley, it was a major player until it fell into the clutches of Benetton, the cotton sweater maker who proceeded to mismanage it and every other component of its sports empire into irrelevance or extinction. The Kessley you know and love today isn't related to the Kessley of old except by name. Now, that statement I was written in 2016 is still true today in that Kessley has been reborn under a new ownership. It was about two years ago now that a Czech with a World Cup background appeared in the picture and bought Kessley, and they didn't close the Hohemans location. That's still used for some prototype production, and they did some small batch models like commemorative models and that sort of thing were built there in the recent past. But they built a brand new factory in the Czech Republic, and that's where Kessley's being made today by Kessley in a Kessley factory with Kessley's name on them. Now, while the particulars of Kessley's case are atypical, Brand metamorphosis over the span of several seasons is not. Remember that in the early 80s, K2 was supplier to the Mare Twins, a racing-oriented brand that sold a boatload of VO slaloms. The K2 of today hasn't spent a nickel on racing since a young Bodie Miller was in their stable of budding stars. Now every K2 athlete is a current or former freeride or freestyle competitor. More recently, Vocal has spent the last decade euthanizing old-school cambered baselines, thick wood cores, and heavy metal laminates, classic construction elements that earn Vocal's a reputation for fantastic skis, for experts. During this period of transformation, many of the model names remained the same, disguising a line overhaul intent on repositioning Vocal as a ski brand all Americans can love, regardless of skill. Point being, if your image of Vocal is based on the P9 or the first-generation mantra, you have some catching up to do. The same can be said for every brand more than 20 years old. If you're looking at a new-school brand like Liberty, Black Crows, or Faction, you'll discover they have an underlying philosophy that governs everything they do, including how their skis are made, regardless of where that may be. In either case, if you really want to capture the essence of what ski you're buying, you must first understand the brand. So that's the piece I penned way back in 2016, still very much true today, and we still need to do the same thing today, which is to delve into the details of where brands have been historically and where they are today, 
to really understand the current brand and therefore any particular model within that brand that you might be interested in. I now want to take you inside a vocal brand profile for this year. I'm essentially letting you in the clubhouse, if you will, revealing members-only content so that you might better understand all the wonders that lie behind the door called realskiers.com's members site. And now the 2022 Vocal Brand Profile, which begins with this historical overview. Vocal didn't actually invent the concept of quality control, but denizens of our little corner of the universe can be forgiven for thinking so. It set the standard for base finish for so long, if someone gave a trophy for the best QC, they'd have to name it the Vocal Prize. Yet this noteworthy achievement probably plays only a minor role in why skiers who buy vocals never buy just one pair. Instead, they become vocal junkies. Not that they become dissolute, as it takes an athlete to happily coexist with the vocals of yore, but they do become dependent. Mama, don't take my mantras or Kenjas away. Now, during Vocal's ascension to market preeminence, it earned a reputation for powerful technical skis with a small sweet spot and an unslakable thirst for speed. Vocal came to regard its experts only need apply reputation as a stigma that limited its sales potential, so it set in motion a long-term plan to change how the brand was perceived by changing, sometimes radically, how it made skis. The trick in this transformation was how to wean their public off its ultra-traditional, thick, fully cambered skis without losing its established base among the sports elite. It began by tampering with the Gatama, an off-trail ski that served as a logical place to excise an old-school arched camber line and substitute a fully rockered baseline. Once the new Gatama with the flat baseline was accepted, Vocal applied the same technique with its frontside carvers, with the same result. The RTM84 won instant adherence. With each passing season, another venerable model passed through the modernization machinery. The process continued in 2014 as the Kendo and Kenja were brought into the New Age fold with double rockered baselines with just a remnant of camber underfoot, and the revered Mantra and Aura were transformed into off-trail models with a camberless, fully rockered baseline, all the better to smear with. The power that was once the exclusive province of highly skilled athletes became accessible to the nearly skilled as well. When Vocal unveiled the V-Works Katana several seasons ago, it would have been supernaturally prescient to foretell that by 2017 it would be the inspiration for nearly all important models from 81 to 108 millimeters underfoot. The V-Works Katana was an experiment to see what would happen if a ski was made of a lot of highly compressed carbon and little else. It skied like the world's fattest carving ski, not exactly a niche everyone was stampeding to occupy. But the V-Works Katana was onto something. It was possible to pare away a lot of material from a conventional ski construction and, if the remaining structure were strong enough, it would still perform at a high level. Vocal called this new shape 3D Ridge, named for the raised central platform that forms the thickest part of the ski. By 2016, 3D Ridge design permeated the Vocal line, spreading the lighter-is-better gospel to all skiers. There was only one fly in this low-fat ointment, None of the Cantana's kinder skied with the authority of the original all-carbon 3D ridge, which then has now cost a fortune to make and therefore isn't marketable to the masses. In 2018, Vogel revealed the perfect patch for the power shortage, a bottom layer of glass configured to increase the torsional rigidity, called 3D glass. Ingenuous in its simplicity, 
stunning in its impact on performance, 3D Glass was the best across-the-board product upgrade of 2018. It's difficult to overstate the benefits of 3D Glass, the craftily configured sheet of fiberglass that elevates the edge grip of every model it touches. The secret to 3D Glass's effectiveness is that it doesn't just lay on the bottom of the stack of laminated components, but runs up the sidewall and tucks over its top, essentially forming an anchored open box with the other elements as filling. 3D Glass makes a ski livelier because glass is the springiest material in the ski. It makes a ski more resistant to twist because it has its own sidewalls. It helps maintain edge contact on hard snow and bats away clumps of broken snow off trail. It can't put your boots on for you, but it does just about everything else. Three years ago, Vocal unveiled the fifth generation of its legendary mantra, the M5. The Mantra M5 was created to win back the experts who once formed the backbone of the brand's market support. The key to its success was a new way of deploying Tetanol, breaking the top laminate into three pieces. Two long stirrups of 0.6mm Tetanol wrap around the tip and tail, while a third 0.3mm strip occupies the center of the ski. None of the pieces connect, which allows a honking layer of glass directly below them to, if you'll allow the expression, breathe. By that I mean the broken up top laminate makes it both easier for the skier to flex the center of the ski and, just as importantly, allows the fiberglass sheet to compress. The instant the skier releases the pressure, ping, the glass rebounds and pops the skier into the top of the next turn. If there's one trait the new Tetanol frame could hang its hat on, it's rebound energy. Last season, Tetanol frame spread its wings infiltrating the frontside genre with the Deacon 84 and moving to the front of the line in the All-Mountain East category with the Kendo 88. Not coincidentally, the Kendo 88 and Deacon 84 also share the 3D radius side cut, an ingenious way of creating a classic combi or hybrid GS slalom ski. If you ride the ski at a low edge angle, you'll engage the longer radius tip and tail so you can cruise without fear of being yanked into a tight turn. To activate the slalom-esque midsection, the skier needs to elevate the edge angle and apply pressure to the softened up center section and bingo! The ski tightens its turn radius instantly and in the same heartbeat releases the edge with enthusiasm. Once you understand how to operate it, 3D radius is a gas to engage. At the other end of the agility scale lies the Mantra 102, also introduced two years ago and also embellished with Tetanol frame and 3D radius which in this oversized application creates a ski that tries to subdue terrain rather than caress it. Vocal has a huge fan base among strong women skiers who now have three Tetanol frame models to call their own, the Kenja 88, the Secret 102, and the new Secret 96. None of these women's models have been watered down to placate the masses. They're every bit as bold and badass as their unisex counterparts. Now that was just all preamble, that's just background, that's overview, that tells you where Vocal has been and brings you up to the beginning of the current season, which we now discuss. For the 2022 season, Vocal has laid in place two more elements that will continue to influence the direction of its entire off-trail collection for the next few years, tailored tetanol frame and tailored carbon tips. The flagships for the new technologies are the new Mantra M6 and Secret 96 for women. Suffice it to say, the future at Vocal looks very bright indeed. But this is not the right time or place for brevity, so allow me to divulge the details. Tailored tetanol frame adjusts the dimensions of the front tetanol frame by size, a change that has the most effect on the longest and shortest sizes. The change may sound subtle, but its impact is profound. 
Each length is now more balanced in its behavior and won't balk at the top of the turn. Working in concert with tailored Tetanol frame is tailored carbon tips, a technology first marketed in the Deacon V-Works. The technical story is that prepreg carbon only comes in limited preset configurations, basically either linear stringers or a crisscross pattern. Tailored Carbon Tips liberates the ski designer to create exactly the matrix he or she wants. The marketing story of Tailored Carbon Tips is that Vocal tested dozens of TCT designs to achieve the precise degree of shock dampening desired. This extensive testing went on despite the limitations imposed by the worldwide pandemic. The performance story of TCT and Tailored Tetanol Frame is, in a word, wow. The age of rocker has led to the virtual disembodiment at the front of many, if not most, all-terrain skis. With the new mantra and secret, a technical skier can reconnect the forebody with the rest of the ski. Sure, both models are double rockered. 3D radius side cut wouldn't work without it. But the overall sensation is one of connection, not looseness. While the experts who have always loved vocal will swoon over the Mantra M6 and the Secret 96, it's the lower skill skiers who really benefit from the changes they embody. Now that each size is essentially its own ski, the shorter skis are exponentially easier to manage for the less skilled. It bears mention that Vocal created these more expensive components and elaborate constructions in the midst of a worldwide pandemic and market environment that encouraged standing pat rather than obsoleting what's on the rack. Vocal willfully created a new design that would raise its cost of goods, knowing full well it couldn't recover the added investment by jacking up its prices. During a Zoom press briefing last fall, I asked Andy Mann, Vocal's product manager for its off-trail series, how he was able to slide this puck past management's usual insistence on maintaining gross margin. He answered that ownership and management trusted the design team to make it all work. Especially in light of this season's peculiar circumstances, Vocal's willingness to invest in making a better ski sets it apart from the brands that curbed their ambitions. Last season, Vocal tried to stretch its market reach downward, creating a $599 big mountain model, the Blaze 106. It happened to arrive just as the U.S. market demand for a hybrid, in-resort-slash-backcountry model went ballistic. This year, Vocal has added a Blaze 86 and 86W to the mix, both at $499, which should serve as step-up models whether the skier's ambitions lie inbounds or out. Vocal has always had a place in its heart and in its product line for an on-piste family that isn't bred for racing, but neither is it for neophytes. Think of the retired Code series or the first-generation Deacon 76. It is into this slot that Vocal has inserted the Deacon Masters in a 76 and a 72. I'd call them gentlemen's cruisers, except they are absolute aces at short turns, and they're built more like a race tiger than a deacon, with a World Cup wood core, two full sheets of tetanol, and a 10mm World Cup plate underfoot. If you've ever raced, you'll get it, and you'll also want to get one of them. At the other end of the width spectrum, the Katana 108, introduced just last year, got short shrift on these pages as we never got on one. We still didn't see enough data to recommend it, but I finally got on it and it's a gem. I expected it to ski like a panzer, mowing down all before it, but it was stunningly nimble, able to swivel around tight trees and generally behave more like an acrobat than a lumberjack. That concludes the vocal brand profile for 2022. This has been Real Skiers with Jackson Hogan. Thanks for listening.